Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and can even keep you from getting the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. Welcome to the No BS Sales School podcast. I'm your host, Walker McKay. Today, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects, um, which is no free consulting. Don't give away your hard-earned, hard-learned information for free, because when you do, people don't put any value in it. What the hell do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is when all when you tell people how to fix a problem, right, and you hadn't earned the right to do that yet, you hadn't truly found a pain and or you tell them how to fix a problem or how you would fix a problem, right? And then you get nothing in return. Maybe they just take your solution back to the person they're already working with and say, hey, so-and-so told me that he could do this to fix the problem. Can you do that? Right? They steal your shit. Or they try and do it themselves. We work too hard to give away our shit for free. Now, let's talk about what this means in general, right? Can you give generalities? Absolutely. I do a podcast every single week, twice a week, right, about how to be better at sales. I'm giving it away for free. What do I get in return? Well, number one, is fun. Number two, it's good marketing for me. However, do I give people specific advice about what they should do directly themselves? No, right? That costs money right? You got to invest some time and money into that to get that stuff, right? So same should be true with you. If somebody has, somebody's asking you questions, one of your prospects is asking you questions, it's okay to give general answers. As far as pricing goes, give brackets, right? Give ranges. So it could cost anywhere between this and this, depending upon how we do whatever, right? Give wide ranges if you need to. You can tell, if you need to, third-party stories about how other people have fixed things like that, but you don't need to give away every single detail. Everything that you give away for free can and will be held against you. It doesn't benefit you. I don't know if any of you guys are old enough to remember what it was like when when AOL, America Online, remember them? When they used to send out CDs, right, to, to load AOL onto your computer. I mean, shit, we got 10, 15 of those things a month, unsolicited, unasked for, and often, most of the time, unused and thrown in the trash. If you think about the advice that people give, I mean, your customers are calling, asking you all the time, oh, how would you do this? How would you do that? Or your prospects are, how would you fix this? Or even worse, we want to make ourselves seem smart to our prospects. And so we tell them everything. Here's what I would do, and here's what it would cost. Here's what I'll tell you. Before you do that, especially before you put something in writing, right? Because that's the old killer line. Do you mind just putting that in writing for me? Well, before you do something like that, I want to talk to you about a concept called reciprocity, right? If I do something for you, will you do something for me? If I'm okay creating this proposal, will you let me, when I give it to you and explain it to you, will you tell me whether or not you want to move forward? Or, hey, if I'm okay preparing this for you, would you mind getting all the people in the room together that need to be there so we can make a decision? 
if I'm okay driving out to see you, are you okay setting aside an hour of time? Right? Get something in return that you have leverage. You just have to realize you have leverage. It's okay to get something in return. You have equal business stature with all of your prospects, every single one. And I realize we said to ourselves, oh, but they can tell me no. Or they can go get it from somebody else. Right. And you can go sell to somebody else too. Your bravery will increase based upon the strength of your pipeline. So even if your pipeline sucks, you will not, you will not help yourself at all by giving away shit for free. You won't. It doesn't help you. Anybody ever noticed that, right? People will take your information and then they do what the third step of the buyer's process is. They say nice things and get rid of you. Hey, thanks for this proposal. Really looks great. Let me think it over. I need to sleep on this. Let me check with my partner. And then what do they do? They freaking disappear. How often does that happen to you? Okay, maybe you're saying not that much. I bet it does. How often do that to somebody else? My guess is you do that to other people. Well, there's a concept that I like to talk about. Before you go to, or you give away a proposal, I'd rather you sell your proposal. I'd rather you get paid to do your proposal. Again, this may be easier for some of you than for others, but is there a way? Because what you're doing oftentimes with the proposal is you're diagnosing somebody's problem and then you're giving them a, um, a solution to that. So what if you charged? We call this a... Um, a monkey's fist, right? What's a monkey's fist? Walker, that's weird. So back in the back in the day, I don't know when, 1492, something like that, um, when sailing ships would come into port, right? They had these huge ropes. And but you couldn't, the sailors on the ship couldn't throw the huge ropes to be tied off at the dock. So instead they would take a smaller piece of string, take a smaller piece of string and um, tie it to the big rope. The other side, they would have a knot that looked like a ball. If you Google monkey's fist, you'll see what it looks like. It looks like monkey's hands, if you look at the wrapping on the, uh, on the uh, knot. Or sometimes there's a piece of brass inside to make it longer. So they would take this small piece of string that was tied to the big rope, and they'd throw that over to the dock, and then the sailors could pull the small string, which would then pull the big rope over. That made it easier. So... Why the hell am I talking about that? Before you sell something complicated, before you sell something expensive, allow somebody to buy something from you that is simpler, that is easier, that is lower risk, right? Sell a study, sell an evaluation, sell something that you're probably giving away for free right now. And remember, when you give it away for free, Nobody puts any value on it. So think about what your project might cost or what the thing might cost. Maybe it's $100,000 or $500,000 or $50,000. So maybe take some percentage of that. Maybe it's $1,000, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000. Maybe it's $500. Who cares, right? Some amount of money that somebody's got to show some commitment to you before you go do the work. How long does it take you to create a proposal? Some people, it's just a couple of keystrokes. Other people, it could take, and there's an engineering firm I worked with a long time ago. It would take six or seven engineers, six or seven weeks to put together a damn proposal. And they were getting one out of 10. I mean, that sucks. So think about this. 
instead of selling your whole project, right? Maybe you can say instead, look, I'm happy to talk to you about that. But before we do, I got to figure out if you even need our help or how we would help. Typically, in a situation like this, we're talking about whether or not you hire me to do some kind of a study or some kind of assessment or some kind of whatever so that we can fully understand the issue and you can fully understand the issue. After we come back with that assessment at that point, and we'll make recommendations what you should do, but when we come back with that, after we've shown you that and gone over it completely, then we can decide whether or not it makes sense to work together, right? Set that up as a small thing that somebody can buy on their way to buying a big thing. Number one, you'll probably knock out a lot of your competitors, right? Because if somebody's writing you a check, chances are they're not going to go to other people. Number two, when you are getting a, um, when, when you're doing this, you can spend quality time on it. You can actually dig in and get information and do it the right way. And you can help somebody figure out what's really wrong. Instead of them trying to fix symptoms, you can show them what the real problem is. And you can take your time to do that because you're not rushed and you're not sure this is one of 10, right? That you're probably not going to get picked on. Learn to sell your monkey's fist first. As an example of this, when I was in the commercial real estate business, I was very, very frustrated. This is years ago when I was working on my own. I used to, work, I used to love to work with buyers. Right? And I love to work with buyers. That was the fun part, go out and find property for them. However, it was easy. There were a lot of people who said, oh, yeah, if you find me a great deal, let me know. So what I started doing was I would tell people that were looking for a piece of property. And usually it would be um, you know, somebody that's trying to buy a user building, right? Something they would use themselves. And they would say to me, I don't have the time for this, right? Or I'm worried that I'm going to get screwed or whatever else. And so I might say to them, look, I can help you. I help other people like you. Typically, I charge five, count five to $10,000 to take somebody on as a client to help them do the right thing, to help them buy the right piece of property. And sometimes you're paying me to tell you, don't do this, right? So a lot of people tell me, hell no. But you know what? I figured my odds the year before, I worked with 75 buyers. I closed three deals. Right? Because a lot of people, would, there's always a reason not to buy any piece of commercial real estate. The next year, when I charged a fee, right, I worked on seven deals and I closed seven. Actually, that's not true. I worked on eight and I closed seven. The eighth decided not to buy the piece of property and told me to keep the money because they had learned they didn't want to spend the money. They would rather pay their taxes. Right? It was a 1031 exchange. Perfect. Makes perfect sense. I send them their money back anyway, right? If you, so here's the lesson. If you give something, get something in return. If you give something, get something in return. It can be asking for access. It can be asking for information. It can also be asking for money. Just because nobody's done it that way before in your business doesn't mean you can't start. I'm Walker McKay with No BS Sales. Thanks for listening to the No BS Sales School podcast. Share this with somebody that needs to. Thanks for listening to the No BS Sales School podcast. If you haven't already, please take one minute to write a quick review for the show. It really does make a huge difference. Also, subscribe to the show and please forward this episode to somebody else who needs to hear it. 
As a bonus for listening, I'm going to give you access to a free mini course, Seven Expensive Sales Mistakes You're Making, and What You Can Do About It. Go to www.7salesmistakes.com and get access to the free mini course. That's the number seven salesmistakes.com. Thanks again for listening to the OBS Sales School Podcast.